Welcome to Prioritizing Yourself, the podcast. I'm Jen Parker. I'm an empowerment and mindset life coach, NLP practitioner, and qualified social worker. This podcast is to educate, inspire big-hearted women about the importance of prioritizing your self-care to improve your body, mind, and soul. Each week, we will talk all things that affect and influence big-hearted women. This podcast is proudly sponsored by my Action Takers membership, from taking you from feeling overwhelmed and giving away your power to learning all the tools to feel more in control and more inspired. Have a beautiful day. Welcome to another episode of Prioritizing Yourself. I'm Jen Parker. So I'm so excited to have the beautiful Rochelle on the podcast talking about the importance of slow living. Welcome, Rochelle. Well, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Now, before we embark, I always ask guests how they actually prioritize themselves today. Well, today we had an interesting uh, morning dropping the kids off. <laughs> so I, um, they didn't want to go to school today. So it was a bit of a tear-filled morning, which was fine. Um, so I picked up a coffee on the way home and I sat out on my front deck watching the birds and listening to a book for half an hour before joining the call with you today. Mm, that sounds beautiful. And it's I sort feel, of that yeah. being, being out in nature yeah. It can just reset us. It can help ground us for the beginning of our day and setting intention. That's beautiful. Yeah, thank you so much. So before we begin, I'll just um, uh, introduce Rochelle. So Rochelle is um, a slow living um, coach. So she shows women the beauty in actually slowing down and finding their inner guidance so that their life feels fulfilling without having to do more. And I think as women, we feel like we've been conditioned that we've got to do more. So I'm interested to hear from you, Rochelle, what, what actually, for those who aren't aware, like what is slow living and, and how can that be of importance to new mums and women? Yeah, so slow living is this really cool, I guess it's like a lifestyle. You, you know, we all have these, like you've probably heard of minimalism, Um, And minimalism has become synonymous with like decluttering and the amount of things that you own. Um, So slow living kind of is like, it expands on that. So slow living is like minimalism, but for your whole life. So it prioritizes rest. It prioritizes connection. It kind of disengages from the idea that our only value is in being productive. Um, But it's interesting though, that the roots of slow living actually come from 1980s Rome when McDonald's wanted to put a McDonald's in I think it's near the Spanish steps or something like that and the locals were like sorry no not happening and they protested against it because they said life isn't about eating quickly it's we don't want to do everything fast like food and and meal time is for sitting we should be having long lunches we should be enjoying our food having it locally made, sitting with our loved ones and enjoying the process of that um, and even the way we prepare it. And I just think that's so beautiful and such a metaphor for life. Um, Yeah. Mm. So. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And they're they're masters in having siestas, you know, and 
you know, looking at not just being in a rush to go to the next appointment, just being sort of in that moment and yeah. being present and really enjoying the food and not sort of so many people are when we're eating, we're so, oh gosh, I've got half an hour, better, better quickly eat. Or, yeah. you know, when I, where I used to work, people would be eating at their, you know, desk. At their desk, yeah. You know, instead yeah. of actually taking half an hour or an hour away from the desk where they're actually going to be more productive and it's going to be better for their health. But yeah, we're, we're so into this rushing culture, yeah. aren't we? Yeah, we really are. And, and that's the beauty of slow living. Like if you look at any kind of part of life, you can apply slow living to it. So it started as a slow food philosophy. You can do slow travel, which is much a deeper enriching experience when you you know go somewhere and you get to know a place rather than just going to the tourist highlights and quickly going on to the next city and doing 10 cities in five days you know you can look at slow living particularly as it applies to parenthood um, and doing parenting in a slow way like our kids if we watch them they're not in a hurry they're so in the moment and they have a lot to teach us about that it's us hurrying them on to the next activity getting them out the door taking them to all the extracurricular taking them to baby classes even like we're so in a hurry to get to somewhere and the world we live in is so focused on productivity and getting more out of every day that we forget that actually being efficient isn't necessarily the same as being effective um, yeah so I mean you can't rush a childhood and when you rush a childhood you actually don't really experience it and I think um it's the ultimate calling you to sit in the uncomfortableness. Like some of parenthood isn't, isn't easy, right? And we're so used to pushing through our discomfort by being busy. But actually when you sit in it and you experience it, you can get to the end of your child's childhood and not regret it. I mean, we so often go, oh, I just wish they'd sleep through the night. I can't wait till they're sleeping through the night. Or it'll, be getting, it'll get better when they go to school. It'll be better when they're you know, out of nappies or whatever. Um, but actually it's perfect right now. <laughs> mm, oh my gosh, that is absolutely true. We, we're almost, the days when you become a mum or a parent, the days are long, but the years are quick. Yeah. Because we're, when we are so overwhelmed and, and there's so much happening, we are looking at the next milestone of our child. Yeah. And you're so right where people are, we, we unintentionally we're looking at the next thing because we think that that's going to be easier yeah. but in fact it's just been it's been mindful it sounds like slow living is actually about practicing mindfulness and being in the moment that you are presented in yeah and the the underlying idea about slow living is not necessarily to be lazy or to not do things it's to let things happen in the timing that they're meant to so not rushing through moments so I don't know if you've ever experienced like a shoe meltdown like get your shoes on <laughs> oh my gosh yes <laughs> we're gonna be late hurry up everybody in the car the more you try to resist that moment and push them out the door the longer it takes whereas if you just go okay we're having trouble getting the shoe on I'm gonna be here with you let me help you. I'll take a deep breath and I'll bring your, reg I'll regulate you with my calmness. They'll put their shoes on, you know, like it just goes fast. You, you know, slow down to go faster sort of thing. So it's, yeah, that 
everything has its timing and just allowing that to happen. So yeah, slow living, you could say it's actually intentional living, actually, it's kind of synonymous. Mm. And that whole piece of like the shoe, you know, <laughs> we, we feel like that's actually really important. Yeah. But another, like sometimes as parents, we, we're so much into the telling. Yeah. Do this don't do that and we're all guilty of it right oh yeah yeah we're all guilty of it we are trying to get sort of certain things and we're still trying to make sure that you know you know that they they know values and you know they know right from wrong but we we can get so much caught into how we perceive it should the events should unravel yeah that you know oh gosh I've got to be we've got to be here at a certain time and you know what? If they're young kids and they're not putting out their shoes on, you can always bring the shoes and just put <laughs> them on later. Like um, if you like, I have children who sometimes are very determined. No, I don't want that particular shoe, or I don't want to wear that, or I don't want to have a. You know, today my one of my youngest didn't want to bring his water bottle. Like it, like just something like that. And I'm like, okay, all right. And of course I took it, but I didn't make a big thing about it. I just sort of went along with that little journey. So he felt almost validated and heard. So it sounds like slow living is really about connecting in that moment, being very conscious, being mindful and not letting, not looking at the future of all of these events is just, it, it sounds like such a beautiful practice for our emotional and mental health as well. It really is. Yeah. Particularly for mums, like we are all educated to be good girls mm. <laughs> and, you know, we've got this, like, what does that mean? Like, what does a good girl mean? It's like being quiet, not rocking the boat. Then we have our ideals of what a good mother should be patient, always available, you know, never losing their cool. And then we have these strong-willed kids who are their own people and they play up. And so you're in the supermarket and they're having a meltdown because they don't want their shoes on. And you're like, everyone's judging me because my children aren't behaving. And so I, they, I feel like I'm not a good mother. But actually, the opposite is true. You're an amazing mother for holding that space and allowing them to feel safe to fall apart in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of a supermarket um so I think that that's yeah I mean our children are themselves when we can hold that space for them so it is really it is beautiful but when we're on constantly on the go when we're constantly rushing through moments and we're re reacting when we don't take the moment to respond perfect example is this morning I came down after having my shower and the kids have put everything off the table laid blankets over them to make a cubby house under the table, put the chairs all over to one side of the room and wrapped them all in toilet paper. Oh, <laughs> like, it's a total bomb site. And I thought, okay, any, uh, like I could just get really mad. They've made a huge mess, you know, like big, deep breath. And as I walked down the stairs, I was like, I'm not going to react. I'm just going to wait and see. And my oldest one looked up at me and mum, he's like, mum, look what I've made. Look at this really cool thing. Do you know, this has been the funnest morning. Like, look at this X thing that I've done with it. And I was like, if I had have come down and just yelled like, what is this mess? I would have lost that magical moment. 
So it is like you just never really know like what's underneath what they're doing and what they're saying. There is something in there. Children are magic. And I think that's Mm -hmm. slow living really allows you to stop and see that. Yeah, absolutely. And they're not looking at all of those other things. They're caught up in the moment. And obviously they've got, uh, excuse me, they've got such beautiful imaginations that they were able to do that and they were able to demonstrate that and you were holding space so they could do that. Yeah. And sometimes you're right, Rochelle, like sometimes as we have a certain agenda of how we would like certain events to um, happen. Yeah. And our children are their own people and they want certain things to happen. And I think what's interesting is it's, it happens a lot, for example, when you're at the playground, when you're like, you know, they want to keep playing and enjoying. And it's, you know, I think something that, you know, I intentionally work with my children is, you know, we have this pull and pull. And when I allow them to do those things, it feels easier because I feel like the times that I have said, no, 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 let's go. One, I can feel my anxiety and those physical sensations increasing and I can feel that they're almost feeding on off that instead of just allowing them and I give them plenty of time so you know go and enjoy that and when you're ready just come back and then we'll go to the next thing so they they like to have that planning yeah I I'm interested to hear because as women being becoming a mother can be incredibly rewarding but it can also be quite challenging and so I would like to hear from you in terms of like when women are going from that becoming going in that transition before having their babies could you explain the importance of how slow living can really support women through that transition of womanhood to motherhood Yeah, I can definitely explain that. And we have a really beautiful word to describe it and it's called matrescence. So just as a child goes from childhood to adulthood, we have that word called adolescence. When a woman goes from woman to mother, she goes through matrescence. So it's the new evolution of you. It's a transformation and it really does affect us. You know, having a a child, um, you know, we change physically, we change mentally, like we get baby brains, like, you know, our brains are literally rewiring to be more connected and aware of our babies. So we physically have our heart on the outside and we're connected to our babies. So we think that we've lost our brains, but actually we've, we've gained this whole new brain. Um, So anyway, we change mentally, we change emotionally, you know, suddenly we're crying that toilet paper ads. (laughs) Yes. So we change emotionally, our social status changes particularly when it comes to whether we go back to work or whether we don't go back to work. Um, uh, People perceive us differently just because we've got children. Um, We change economically and financially. Again, we are usually, mums are usually the ones who do take the career break or the pay cut or they're the more flexible ones at work. They're the ones having the days off um, when the kids are sick and that sort of thing. Quite often that's just the general thing, you know. So there's so much that changes in our lives. Um, and in the giving, there's a constant amount of giving 
that we do, right, of our bodies and of our hearts and all of the... And there's all the worry and the mum guilt and it all comes up. And so slowing down and really, um, I guess, accepting what is. So instead of going, oh, you know, I'm so exhausted, I just can't cope, the baby's not sleeping, um, you know, embracing it. You know, it's only a season of life. Yes, I'm tired, but I can still do things to support myself. I can, you know, they say sleep when the baby sleeps, but I can't do that because I've got to do all of the things. Well, my question or my suggestion is, do you really? And slowing down and allowing that transformation to happen as a woman really helps you to come out the other side less emotionally damaged I guess I don't know what the right way of um, putting it is but knowing that it's coming allowing it to happen and slowing down like not rushing back to work if you can or figuring out ways of communicating with your partner and calling in support from those that can support you um, you know asking for help from your partner as well and and having an open dialogue around what needs to happen at home um, all of those things and being okay because like we're, we're raised as independent women. We're raised to be able to do it all. And again, that good girl conditioning of not rocking the boat, not being too needy, all of that. Um, and then we have our children and we can't do it all on our own. And doing something isn't always the solution. When it comes to motherhood, sometimes the solution is to do a lot less and to ask for support. But we have to learn how to do that a lot of the time. Um, and it's, it's a hard lesson to learn. So all of that can be solved or at least somewhat mitigated by slowing down. Uh, yeah. So that's the beauty of it. Mm, yeah. And I think women really have been conditioned to believe that they have to be the nice girls, yeah. that they have to almost say yes to situations and events that doesn't really light you up, but that's what, you know, good girls do. Yeah. And then you have this, internally when we keep saying no to ourselves it's almost like we're becoming more and more disempowered yeah and so when we become mums yes it's amazing but there is that huge transition that they don't they romanticize so much of becoming a mum they romanticize about it or um my earpiece just fell out of course um they romanticize, you know, about all of the things that are going yeah. to help, you know, the nice pram, you know, all of these things, instead of actually creating a plan to support your emotional and mental health. Yeah. Because we, 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 we don't know how something is until we're in it. And it's, yeah. and someone's, one person's experience is going to defer because it depends on your emotional state at the time previous yeah. mental health so if if you're someone who has um experienced you know depression or you're someone who has experienced anxiety or you're someone who has experienced those fluctuating mood swings and you have a child it will impact on you emotionally and mentally and so having the right types of people who 
aren't just going to talk about like the horrific birth stories, for example, because everyone likes to talk about that, but is going to actually give you the, the tools so you can actually have that, not just in that period of your life, but for the rest of your life. So when you are presented with your child doing certain things or you're, you've got a lot of, there's always going to be those external stressors. You Mm. are able to go, you know what, do I really need to do this? And there's something magic about when we, it's almost like when we are women who have our own businesses and we have time away from our business, it's the most productive that we are like it does it sounds strange because we've been conditioned that you've got to go 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 you've got to hustle 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 and personally for me that'll that's not who I am what makes me feel good is doing things that light me up and always when I'm feeling like I've got a lot on my plate and I choose that I, I choose I'm always what am I choosing? So I'm always intentional about the words. And then instead of, because normally what happens is people don't prioritize their self-care. That's the last thing they prioritize. I actually increase it more. Yeah. And if I don't get time to do all of the businessy things, so that so, so what? Yeah. Yeah, that's because right. At yeah. least, at least I'm at least I'm you know, maintaining my mental health because it can be, you know, the journey of also being a business owner and a woman can mm. also be, you know, a transition. I'm not sure what the um, the word for that is, but, you know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, women are multitasking all the time with children and businesses and, you know, other people in our life, but it's, also understanding that we choose we're choosing this yeah yeah that's right choosing that yeah we are choosing it um and there is an identity that we have to let go of um and also I think that you know balance is a myth but we we can do everything right but we have to be really mindful of what everything actually means so I think it's important to accept that um, you might have all the things that you want to do, but they can't happen all at once. So you might be in a season where you can, you know, you can't really leave the house to go exercise, but you can do a little yoga class with your baby on watching YouTube or something and know that over time, seasons of your life change and you'll be able to call other things in. And I think it also takes quite a lot of courage and quite a lot of bravery to say, I'm going to do things a little bit differently you know, a lot of us, particularly that's entrepreneurial type ones who've got a business or who are choosing to have a home-based business um, so that we can be the flexible ones for our families so that we get to have a little bit of everything happening. Also understanding that not to replicate the office at home. So we can actually approach working from home in a completely different way. We don't have to put ourselves in a tiny little you know, corner of a room and face the wall, we can actually be, you know, doing something completely different. And like you said, amping up the self-care and saying, all right, well, these are my work hours and being really boundaried around that. 
not saying, well, just because I'm at home, I can, you know, I can clean when I should be working and I can work at night when I should be connecting with my partner or whatever. And um, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> yeah. So it does take the bravery to choose a different life and to say, I'm going to reject all of this pressure. And also to acknowledge that if you're very busy and very overwhelmed, that all of the things on your plate, you did choose them. And you can, you can maintain the idea that you're, you chose them so they must be important. Or you can say, maybe I'm going to think again. Maybe I'm going to change my mind on that. And there are some things that I can drop that seem very important at the moment because I'm committed to them and I've gone all in on this idea that all of these things make me important or make the busyness that I have represents how, it, you know, how valued I am. So we've got to come back to the value that's in us and then say, those things aren't important and they're outside of me and I'm allowed to let them go. Mm. Oh and my that gosh, takes... that is, yes. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yes. go on. <laughs> I, was I was getting on my monologue. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that, I absolutely agree. Keep going because that's, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people will be sort of listening very um, acutely right now because that's probably a lot of women. Yes. Yeah, yeah it, it is. And the other thing I would add there while we're on it and a lot of what we get overwhelmed with is that housework is not mothering. And this is something that I've personally experienced when I, like, I'm not saying I don't do cleaning. I'm just saying that I'll tidy up after dinner, but there are days and even multiple days in a row where I don't do a load of washing. I don't do vacuuming. I leave the kids toys like they, I don't make them clean their rooms every night. I don't have to reset my home. I've let that go. Um, you know, if the kids have set up some train track in the hallway, it might stay there for two weeks. <laughs> and once a fortnight or so, our family comes together and we tidy up the whole house together. Someone vacuums, someone mops. And who cares if the floors aren't perfectly clean every single day? I've let that go because... I mean, I'm not saying that you have to do that, but you might be going, oh, I could never do that. Oh, that's nice for you, but I'm not like that. I'm a bit of a neat freak. Challenging that assumption and being like letting go of your high standards sometimes. Um, you come to my house and people tell me it's, it's neat and it's clean and it's homely, but challenging your assumptions that things have to be a certain way um, allows you the space and the freedom to slow down and to do so much more of what's actually important to you. Because how often do we go, oh, I'm going to sit down and read that book, but I'm just going to do all of the cleaning and I've got to do all of the shopping, the groceries, and I'll just do a load of washing and I'll have to, I don't know, make 10,000 snacks and then I can let myself sit down and relax and read a book. Mm. But what if you didn't, you know? Oh, my gosh. Yes. I'm, I'm nodding my head. <laughs> People can't see that, but I'm nodding my head because women are... I, I talk about this a lot, busy being busy, but what yeah. are you actually doing? Or I have a lot of women who say, oh, I'm so busy. I'm putting the inverted commas. I'm so busy. I don't have time to read. Yeah. Yeah. What you're but saying is it's not important enough. It's not important. So it's yeah. understanding your values and it's, you know, what's more important. And then it's also looking at, well, what am I putting up with? What can I delegate out or what are those energy drainers that are, are not lighting me up? 
You know, they could be physical things or they could be people in your life that you'll keep saying yes to, or you keep, you know, volunteering to, um, to have everyone over every Christmas for the reunion. And you know that that's going to cause you a lot of stress, but you don't want to say no, because that's what you've been conditioned to believe. And when you start actually going, you know what, I'm going to take a bit of a step back and just let people do it themselves. They sort it out. Yeah. You don't have to be, I think some women have, they're busy being busy, but they struggle to let, they struggle with control. So we feel like when we're um, controlling situations, but I hate to break it to people is we actually don't have control over other people, circumstances. The thing that we have control over is how we react and respond. And once we actually flip the switch and we actually understand that concept, that is what is so powerful because then you say, I'm not responsible for how someone feels. And then we can take a step back and take that power And if we don't do the housework a certain way, the world will not end. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. The world won't end, you know, so what? And if you leave it there, someone will put the dishes away, you know, you just, I think when you're at home and you're working from home, we can feel like, oh, well, I'm home. So I, I need to keep the house tidy at the same standard. But if you were at work, how you left it that morning would be how it remains. So just keep that in mind as well, um, yeah. people listening as well. Yeah, that's right. And another thing on the housework that I, I always think of and I remind myself that it's okay to just let it go a little bit is if we have visitors, like they they aren't coming over and like if it's a mess, I'm not going to apologise and say, sorry, everything's a mess. I'm just like, hey, welcome to our chaos you know, Mm. you don't apologize, you thank people kind of thing. That's how you can shift it. But also, um, isn't it interesting that even if the house is a mess and they judge you for it, they're not judging your partner because for some reason society has this idea that it's the woman's job to keep the house clean. So yes, here we are with an opportunity to say, okay, self-care is, I'm going to allow myself to be judged for the things that I I can't manage at all and I'm not going to live up to other people's expectations. This is my home and if they come to my house, they love and accept me or they judge me and I see their true colours. <laughs> and that's not yeah. that. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, this is the seeking approval from others. We can let that go. And this is a really nice way to do that, practice it. Yes. yes it's those small steps because I think you're so right like when people come they're not saying to the the man oh gosh this is a bit dirty like um yeah, yeah. years ago I remember we've got um when our we've got a two-story home and we had one of those baby gates and then we put it down and to try and keep the air conditioner on we have um, my husband made like a sliding door but that when children are very young, they like to put their dirty prints everywhere on oh, the yeah. windows. <laughs> and as children, even if you clean it, they would always put their hands there as young babies and toddlers, you know. And I remember my um, 
a family member, <laughs> they said something and I was like, now I, I, or if now what I know now about if someone makes a judgment, one, they're judging themselves. And two, I would probably go and get something so they can clean it up if they've got an issue or problem with, you know, children making like little prints on the, you know, the glass. So now it just brings me, you know, looking at that and I'm like, okay, well, that's more about them. It's yeah. nothing to do with me. It's more to do with how they're feeling and, you know, that gives them purpose. So that's okay. And it's just understanding that if people do make a judgment, they're not really making a judgment about us. About us. It's about how they see things should be a certain way. Yeah. And also that maybe they have, they couldn't be so courageous as to, have someone over with toys on the floor. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, yes. Yeah. Do you want people to come to your house and feel happy and relaxed and feel like they've arrived somewhere that's restful, I think. But yeah, the other thing I was going to say is when you were saying about like if you've decided not to host Christmas this year after years of being the one who does, for example, and you know that saying that you're not going to do it is going to rock the boat a bit, you're going to feel like, you know, people are going to get a little bit annoyed or sort of like, hang on a minute, what? Um, this, you know, do you know what I mean? That feeling of like mm. you're letting people down and that's, you know, but what you're ha what's happening when you choose to um, still host the Christmas, even though you don't want to anymore, a couple of things I think that show up, um, you're giving away, this is not, this is the opposite of self-care. You're giving away your own needs for the, for the sake and comfort of others. Um, so then that breeds resentment in you and it doesn't feel as good. So you could host Christmas and it could be a really rewarding experience if it's what you want. If you don't want it, it will deplete you even more. Oh, so yes. It's so much more exhausting and overwhelming and resentment making because you don't want to do it. You also might be taking away the opportunity for someone else to do it who does want to do it um, or, you know, to just mix it up for people um, and, yeah, you're giving away your power. So, again, this is another reason why slow living and having your own, like slow living is a lot about having your own boundaries and saying yes to the things that are important to you um, and getting really comfortable actually if you, if like sticking to your own commitments. So having a lot of white space in your diary if you need it, just to be home and do whatever you want to do, um, be a bit more spontaneous if that's what you want. Um, yeah, that you don't, you can say no to people even if you aren't technically busy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I love how, because it's it's coming into the, the season where people are going to be hosting, Yeah, you know, Christmas events, parties and things like that. And often we do things for a certain amount of time, but if, if it lights your heart and soul on fire and it's mm. important to you, it's your core value, then do it. That's what I'm hearing from you. And I, that's something I talk to my clients about, but if it's not, you're going, it's going to show up subconsciously that you're going to start resenting or things start not, not happening how you envisage or want, and you're not going to enjoy it. And it's unintentionally it's going to show up in you know even how you interact with those people yeah. because you're resenting the whole experience mm -hmm. so when you know your values and then 
And it's also giving someone else the opportunity yeah. to do it. Because they might be like, oh, I really want to, I really want to do it at my house, you know. But you know, um, you know, she's always doing it and I don't want to take that away. So they might also be a bit of a, they don't want to rock the boat too. So when we're we are actually gifting someone an opportunity by saying no, maybe that's another reframe for people or another yeah. insight. Perfect. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, Rochelle, if, um, people want to know more about you and how they can follow you, would you like to tell the listeners where they can find you? Yeah, great. Thank you for the opportunity to share. It's my website is howtoliveslow.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram under that same name, how to live slow. And you can also listen to my podcast, which is also conveniently called How to Live Slow. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. And I've got a nice Pinterest account happening as well. I don't know if people are into Pinterest, but um, that is where I share, uh, you know, that more uh, beautiful slow living stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I, I'm enjoying Pinterest at the moment. So come and follow me. Yeah. too. Yeah, beautiful. And what we'll do is we'll also have in the show notes all of the links so people can actually click on your website or click on Pinterest or uh, Facebook, et cetera, if they're sort of wanting to get in touch with you or, um, you know, look at sort of ways that they can start incorporating slow living in their day-to-day lives because I think that is really important for women to start making just small. Sometimes we feel like we've got to do this big project. It's just looking at small steps take us you know, are the greatest momentum. And sometimes we, I I think of it as like a jigsaw puzzle. Um, Just doing one step at a time will help us. So that all comes into sort of, you know, slow living and, uh, you know, living to your values and really just being very conscious and present in each moment that is presented to us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. yeah, always available to chat if you need some support with that. There's lots of freebies and things on my website. So oh, beautiful. Yeah, thank you. And thank you again for coming on. It's been absolutely a pleasure. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Prioritizing Yourself. Please subscribe to my podcast so you can hear the latest episodes. And if you would like to learn more about me, visit my website, www.realvisionlifecoaching.com.au. Bye for now.